Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Well, good afternoon. I almost said good morning. Good afternoon. Welcome to the program on your Thursday. Uh, busy, busy, busy day today. I mean, you, oh my goodness. Every, everything going on today. So we do have some breaking news to start the show off with this afternoon. No criminal charges will be filed against Joe Biden for the classified documents that he had stored next to his Corvette, ladies and gentlemen. That's right. That was the memo that was sent to Congress today. No, no criminal charges. No raid from the FBI. No, um, <laughs> none of that. No. Hunter's room wasn't searched like uh, like uh, Baron Trump's room was searched. And, of course, nobody wants to go through um, Jill Biden's underwear drawer. But, boy, they they rifled through uh, Melania's underwear drawer there. So no charges for Joe Biden in this in this classified documents case. And 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 let me ask you something. I mean, honestly, out there, who is surprised? Is anybody shocked? Did anybody really think? that Merrick Garland and the Justice Department was going to do anything to Joe Biden? Of course not. Of course not. They're not going to do it. Unbelievable. No, I, and I say that just a figure of speech, completely believable, because we know that they, they're only weaponized against Republicans. So meanwhile, in Colorado right now, the uh, Supreme Court is looking at this Colorado case with um, uh, about trying to keep Donald Trump off the ballot. And one of the big questions is, are states individually able to declare somebody, you know, committed insurrection? Can they enforce individually, all 50 states, enforce the insurrection clause of the Constitution when nobody has been found guilty of insurrection? Well, that's what the folks in Colorado want to do. But then again, I mean, you got to imagine if a state can do that, then can't they also decide that they're being invaded? And then can't states also decide that they're going to protect their borders? I mean, come on. We're talking goose and gander here. If it's good for the goose, it's good for the gander. If you, if you can decide that somebody is guilty of insurrection before they've even gone to trial or been charged with insurrection, then you can certainly defend your people and your borders. So I don't think, really think those people in, in uh, Colorado uh, understood exactly what they were getting into. However, Justice Neil Gorsuch, the, um, uh, Jason Murray was the lawyer arguing. <laughs> And I will bet one day Jason Murray will, and he probably is, uh, I argued courts, uh, I argued cases in the Supreme Court. Well, listen to how well he did in this case today. Here's uh, Justice Neil Gorsuch with attorney Jason Murray. Here we go. President, in your view, 
would be free to act as he or she wishes without regard to that individual. I don't think so, because I think, again, the de facto Why? officer doctrine would nevertheless come into play to say this is No, the de facto, that, that doesn't work, Mr. Murray, because de facto officer is to ratify the conduct that's done afterwards and, and, and insulate it from judicial review. Put that aside. I'm not going to say it again. Put it aside, okay? I think Justice Lee is asking a very different question, a more pointed one, and more difficult one for you, I understand. But I think it deserves an answer. On your theory... Would anything compel a, a lower official to obey an order from, in your view, the former president? I'm imagining a situation where, for example, a former president was, you know, a, a president was elected and they were 25 and they were ineligible to no, hold office, but no, nevertheless they were no, put into that no, office. No, no, we're talking about Section 3. And please don't change the hypothetical, okay? I'm, please don't change the hypothetical. I know I like doing it too, but please don't do it. Okay? Well, now, the, the point I'm trying to make is He's that, disqualified from the moment he committed an insurrection. Whoever it is, whichever party, it, that, that happens. Boom. It happened. What would compel, and I'm not going to say it again, so just try and answer the question. If you don't have an answer, fair enough, we'll move on. What would compel a lower official to obey an order from that individual? I mean, Gorsuch is just smacking this kid around. I mean, this, this guy, uh, Jason Murray, walked out of that court with a bloody nose. To use uh, Georgia Bulldog vernacular, Neil Gorsuch stepped on his face and broke his nose. Stepped on his face with a hobnail boot, and that's exactly what happened today in the Supreme Court. Even, even it looks like Katanji Brown Jackson, the woman who uh, is not a biologist, so she can't define what a woman is, but it looks like even she is siding with Trump on this case, and rightfully so. Rightfully so. So this is going to be another case, and listen, if they can't do it, nobody can do it. So the precedent will be set here in this case. That means no other state can come along and say, well, we're going to keep Trump off the ballot. Blah, 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 blah. They've got no standing whatsoever in this case because the precedent is about to be set. Meanwhile, in Hawaii, they don't care. They don't care what is going on. In fact, they are thumbing their nose at the Supreme Court. Now, let me ask, what is a, a, a greater act of insurrection? The Hawaii Supreme Court has issued a decision. This happened yesterday, formally infringing on island residents' rights to keep and bear arms because justices claim guns interfered with the spirit of aloha. The ruling seeks to nullify not only the authority of the Constitution, but also the Supreme Court's longstanding interpretation of America's Second Amendment protection. We know in, in the Bruin case that citizens have a constitutional right to keep and bear arms for self-defense with no demonstration of a special need like New York is uh, required for its unrestricted concealed carry license. Before that, the High Court of the Land felt in 2008 the District of Columbia versus Heller decision that D.C. could not ban handgun possessions in the home because under the Second Amendment, American civilians, not just military personnel, have the right to own firearms and use them for lawful self-defense. Well, the Supreme Court there in Hawaii is now giving the big thumb on the nose to the Constitution and the Supreme Court. And hey, why not? The spirit of aloha. You know <laughs> That's a little uh, well in the spirit of hello, 
in the spirit of goodbye, in the spirit of whatever aloha means at the moment, well, that's, that's, that's some arbitrary definition. The spirit, the spirit of, the, of aloha is not the law of the land. Hawaii, I hate to tell you that. I know you're a long way away and you're disconnected from the continental United States, but you're still under the laws of the U.S. Why? Why? It sounds like you're trying to secede from the Union, Hawaii. Seems like you're trying to. Oh, my goodness. Crazy, crazy, crazy day. Now, we've been talking about the Second Amendment, the constitutional carry bill here in South Carolina. Um, the uh, House came up with the bill, constitutional carry. They sent it to the Senate. The Senate blew their nose on it and sent it back to the House. We've got some updates on that and a pretty disturbing story. And I'm going to warn you, this might make some people mad when I'm about to tell you. But do not shoot the messenger. We'll be right back. It's the Charlie James Show. News Talk 98.9 WRD, the voice of the Carolinas. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. Constitutional carry in South Carolina. Now, this bill was passed by the House last year. It went to the Senate. The Senate blew its nose on it and sent it back to the House. Now, it had some of these amendments, especially and particularly Amendment 36. And let me just explain to you what that was about. Um, Amendment 36 said, if you if you and your friend go into an establishment and this is just an example. It could be anything. If you and your friend go into an establishment that clearly has a sign that says no concealable weapons allowed placed exactly the way it's supposed to be, your friend and you are carrying in this establishment. Your friend has a CWP. You do not have a CWP. Even though constitutional carry has passed, now let's just that's that's key to this. Constitutional carry has passed in South Carolina, but your friend's got a, a CWP, which I still advise everybody to get. Your friend's got a CWP, but you don't, and you both get caught carrying in this establishment, and they file charges against you. According to this Amendment Thirty Six, because your friend had a CWP, he would be given less of a fine or a sentence than you would be given, even though you're both exercising your constitutional right, right? So that creates two different classes of citizens under the law, which is unconstitutional. We are all equal under the law, or should be, but it gets even worse than that. It actually creates three different classes of people. Because let's say you and your friend 
and the state legislator goes into a, uh, an establishment that has that same sign up. You all three have been caught carrying in an establishment that does not allow um, weapons on the premises. So your friend gets a lesser charge than you do. The state legislator gets no charge at all. No charge at all. So that's one, two, and it's not just state legislators, it's, it's other people as well. It, it creates a whole other class of citizen that is exempt from these laws. So that's three at least, and that's unconstitutional. Sorry, just can't, that's just not the way it's supposed to be. So leadership in the House, they were very upset that people, including you, because you guys blew their phones up. I mean, you lit them up. Good job. Good for you. So they were very upset that you, this program, and the Freedom Caucus were pushing against Amendment 36. They were so upset that they actually got the NRA involved in this. And what did the NRA do? This is the part that might make you mad. The NRA told members of the South Carolina Freedom Caucus that if they, if, they, if they amended this bill, if they voted not to concur with this bill, if they looked at this bill wrong, the NRA was going to give them a negative rating on the Second Amendment. So the NRA trying to effectively blackmail the members of the Freedom Caucus into going along with this Senate bill. Now, I do understand that there's two different schools of thoughts here, and I, I'm really, I, I, I see both sides of this story. Number one, you pass the bill as the Senate amended, and then you fight it out in court once the case, once, and it will. We you got gun owners of America, South, uh, South Carolina, uh, gun owners, um, South Carolina Gun Rights Association. They're threatening to, 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 to sue uh, over these amendments. Now, I see that. All right, I understand that. But then I also understand that you shouldn't go ahead and pass a bill that's got bad amendments to it. Okay, so I see, I do. I literally see both of those. I mean, it's just, it's one of those games where, uh, and it is a game, you got to decide which option is best. Well, okay. It was clear that the South Carolina Freedom Caucus was not going to back down on this. Oh, and by the way, Coming up in at one hour from now, we're going to be talking with Representative J. Kill Martin because he was one of the guys that was in on one of these meetings where the NRA was uh, basically making their laying down the law to the uh, to the South Carolina Freedom Caucus. This man threatened to go on the floor of the House and tear up <laughs> his lifetime membership card to the NRA in front of everybody. So, all right. So good job. Good job. I'm just, this is so, so cool. So, well, it worked. Okay. It worked. Now, even house leadership has backed off this amendment. They are now, even house leadership is saying that they will not concur. Um, the Freedom Caucus sent this out. We won today. We were informed that house leadership will support amending the bill to strip any anti-gun amendments rather than concurring with the Senate. This would not have happened 
If not for you, grassroots activists applied unending pressure on House members for the last week. Your calls, emails, and texts all worked. Once again, we the people have made a difference in the future of South Carolina, but the fight isn't over. The pressure you have applied to the House members must continue to ensure that all amendments offered do, in fact, strengthen the bill. Additionally, please begin calling your senators and ask them to support any pro-gun changes that the House makes to the bill. Okay, you might be saying, hey, Charlie, how do I do that? Well, here's how you do. You text SCREP to 71307. That is SCREP to the Common Sense Retirement Planning text line at 71307. You will be sent a link. You click on that link. It brings up uh, a place where you can put in your address. When you put in your address, it will take you to your page with every one of your representatives, starting with Lindsey Graham, Tim Scott, uh, your, your, your congressman in Washington, your representative in the state house, your state senator, your councilman. Do that, SC Rep. It will it will take you right there. Put pressure on these members of the Senate to pass this legislation. We can get it done. Not House of Reps. SC Rep to seventy one three zero seven, and um, we can get this done. Man, I'm telling you what. When you guys band together, when you guys band together, it is you are like a tsunami, man. You really are. You find out who your state senator is, and you let them know that you need to concur with the House on these amendments that they're putting forth. That needs to be done. And, and, and people like Luke Rankin and uh, uh, several others, you know, they can just go pound sand. So... Charlie, I will not comply. If they find me, I won't pay. If they jail me, I will go on a hunger strike. Freedom is worth the fight. Well, this is the easiest way to fight right here. It really is. So again, S-C-R-E-P, S-C-R-E-P to 71307. Get in touch with your state senator and tell them to concur with the Senate. I'm sorry. Get in touch with your senator. Tell them to concur with your representative's amendments to this bill, and let's get this passed. Man, is the NRA just losing their uh, gravitas these days? Kind of feels like it, doesn't it? All right, the carpro.com talk line, 800-905-0989. The Common Sense Retirement Planning text line, 71307. We'll be right back. It's the Charlie James Show. News Talk 98.9 WORD, the voice of the Carolinas. Well, let's take you back a couple of years. I think you guys all remember this. Hillary Clinton running around. She's got all of these classified documents on her server. Um, she, uh, One of her servers was uh, wiped clean with bleach bit. Um, she said she only had one device, although she obviously had multiple devices. 
Um, let's see. Uh, devices were destroyed with hammers. That's, uh, that actually happened. Uh, actually trying to destroy evidence. And they did an investigation into her. We remember all of those hearings that took place. And then when all was said and done, Jim Comey came out and made this comment. And it's one that we all remember. Although there is evidence of potential violations of the statutes regarding the handling of classified information, our judgment is that no reasonable prosecutor would bring such a case. No, oh, uh, of course she did it. Uh, it must be easy. It must have been so easy to be Jim Comey during that time. Of course she did it. But I mean, dang, we, we looked around. We couldn't find a single prosecutor to take the case. You don't want to know why? Because they didn't want to be Arkansided. They didn't want to be, they didn't want to be, uh, they didn't want the words under mysterious circumstances next to their names. That's what they didn't want. So Jim Comey said, all right, no charges against Hillary Clinton. Now that whole thing was set up by Valerie Jarrett. Remember when she met with Bill Clinton on the tarmac and claims that they all talked about their grandkids. Now, this is, this is, this is the, the uh, uh, Attorney General of the United States talking with the suspect's husband. And then she declared, she said, listen, I'm going to recuse myself from this case, and I'm just going to do whatever the FBI tells me to do. I think it was all planned. I really do. And then, of course, I think that photographer, that reporter that, uh, that discovered all that happened, he ended up being Arkansas. But... She left it up to Jim Comey. Now, it's not, the Jim, it's not Jim Comey's job. It's not the FBI's job to decide whether or not this case is going to be prosecuted. That's the attorney general's job. But she recused herself and left it. She, in fact, that was in, incredibly unconstitutional, what she did there. She should have let the deputy attorney general do that. But anyway, no charges for Hillary Clinton. And I'll be ding, dang, dongly ding. If here we are, what, 12 years later, can you believe it's been that long? Has it been 12 years? 2016, eight years later, whatever it is. Yeah, eight years later, the same things happened. The exact same thing happened. Joe Biden was found to have classified documents. Not only has he been found to have classified documents, but it's also been found out that he willfully, willfully disclosed classified materials. That means he shared these things with other people. Um, evidence convincingly shows Biden knew the notebooks had classified information in them. There were some uh, documents about Afghanistan that were found near a dog bed Oh, my gosh. And we all know they were right there next to the Corvette. You know, that's a night. That's a skiff. That's a secure, confidential location. But no, no charges whatsoever. No charges are warranted, they say. No charges. President Joe Biden willfully retained and disclosed classified materials after his vice presidency, according to the final report released today by the Department of Justice. But special counsel Robert Hur said he was declining to prosecute Biden over his handling of classified documents about military and foreign policy in Afghanistan and notebooks containing Biden's entries about national security. The FBI found the material in the garage, offices and basements, the den in Biden's Wilmington, Delaware home. 
It does not establish Mr. Biden's guilt beyond a reasonable doubt, please. 400-page report. We have also considered that at our trial, Mr. Biden would likely present himself to a jury, as he did during our interview, as a sympathetic, well-meaning, elderly man with poor memory. That is in this report. Let me read that again. We have also considered that at trial, Mr. Biden would likely present himself to a jury, as he did during our interview of him, as a sympathetic, well-meaning, elderly man with poor memory. Then let me ask you something here, ladies and gentlemen. Why is he the president of the United States? We conclude that no criminal charges are warranted in this matter. We reached the same conclusion even if the Department of Justice policy did not foreclose criminal charges against the sitting president. The special counsel said that Biden had shared some classified information with his ghostwriter for his second memoir, Promise Me Dad, published in 2017. Oh. Oh. So, so, and this wasn't even any of the classified information that he gave. He just told his ghostwriter all of this classified information. Wow. Unbelievable. Oh, my God. It's good to be. It is so good. If I ever get arrested, you know what I'm going to do? One, I'm going to claim that I'm a trans woman. That's number one. I'm going to claim that I'm oppressed. And I'm going to claim that I'm a Democrat. And I know all of those three go hand in hand. Because there's a better chance that I'm going to get off of those charges if I say those things. Meanwhile, they're tra- meanwhile, they raided Trump's home. They went through Barron's bedroom. They went through Melania's lingerie drawer. I'm sure they got some nice pictures of that. Did they do that to Joe Biden? No, of course not. Of course not. So now how can... <laughs> oh, my God. No, no, no. There's no dual system of justice here in the United States. No, no, no. No, don't worry about it. Everything's good. No, no, no. George, uh, uh, George Papadopoulos, um, uh, Roger Stone, General Flynn. Um, uh, they tried to do it to Jerome Corsi. Uh, all of these other, all these people that they just uh, they tried to break. They tried to break them over the false narrative of Russian collusion. They tried to break them. They tried to bankrupt them. Joe Biden gets a pass. Joe Biden had classified documents. Hunter Biden, uh, we, we know he's getting money, has gotten money from China. He knew about uh, Hunter Biden's business dealings. He was involved in Hunter Biden's business. All of that. And they just cannot keep their eyes off of Donald Trump for one minute not a single member of the Biden crime family has been indicted or even really fully investigated other than Hunter. And that was a partial investigation at best. And now here we are once again showing that Democrats. Go away. Charlie, tell the whole story. Well, you tell me the whole story. I just told you the whole story. Um, oh, it was Loretta Lynch. I said Valerie Jarrett. You're right. It was uh, Loretta Lynch. You're exactly right. Um, Charlie, who wants to see Jill's underwear? Nobody wants to see Jill's underwear. I understand that, but still, follow along here. 
uh, Charlie, if Trump would have turned over the documents when they asked for them, he wouldn't be charged either. He's a criminal. Oh, oh, seven, six, three. You mean when the FBI was actually at Mar-a-Lago two weeks, uh, I think it might have been a month before the raid, and they told him, they looked at the documents, they saw where the documents were stored, and by the way, and by the way, by the by, let me just tell you this. The archives had the documents. The archives had copies of all the documents, so it's not like these documents were missing. Right? And by the way, let me just say another thing to you here. Um, which one are you? Uh, 763. Let me say this. Joe Biden was the vice president of the United States. The vice president when he took these documents. Donald Trump was the president. When he took his documents, do you know who has the sole authority of declassifying documents? The president, not the vice president. If there's any criminal here, it's Joe Biden. But we know that. We told we know that. We've known it the whole time. We'll be right back. It's the Charlie James Show. News Talk 98.9 WORD, the voice of the Carolinas. Coming up in just a few minutes, going to be um, uh, talking about Ronna McDaniel. Uh, McDaniel is 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 she in or is she out at the RNC? Which one is it? Because now we're hearing she might not be leaving. Also, um, Representative J. Kill Martin will be calling in about the constitutional carry bill that is uh, going to be going back to the Senate. Dakota Fitzgerald is going to call in at 435 with the Greenville Patriot Caucus and uh, lots more uh, to come as well. So I was listening to some people talk today. One of the things I really like to do is listen to people talk. I think it's fantastic. I really do. Conversations are fascinating, even if you don't know what they're talking about. And one of the person said um, over yonder. Over yonder. Now, this is a phrase I probably use no less than, what, a million times in my life. Over yonder. But have you ever really wondered where that came from? What is yonder? I mean, Will, how many times have you said in your life, you know, it's over yonder? Or do you even say that? I don't know. Not everybody says that, but I use it a lot. I do. Yonder and Ewan's. (laughs) Ewan's is one of my favorites. Um, Yonder, you wonder what it means, right? What is what is a yonder? Uh, yeah, you you brought that up, and I was like, "Wait, where did that come from?" You well, actually, it is of Dutch origin, from the Dutch word "ginder," "ginder," and then it was kind of Anglicanized to "yonder," and what it means is over there. So when you say "over yonder," you're actually saying "over there, over there." Uh, oh, ah. See, so, I, uh, so it's a yonder comes, you know, somebody said, and that was the old talk. Yonder comes young Will. Um, but he said, where's, where's Will? Uh, he's uh, over yonder. So you'd be saying over there, over there. Right. But here in the South, we say it's over yonder. Yep. Or it's way over yonder. Which means. Yeah, yeah, I, don't I, even bother. <laughs> don't, even, don't even worry about it. It's, it's way too far. But, uh, but even other things, like one of, the, one of my favorite sayings is, Katie, bar the door. I don't think I've ever heard that one. You know, it, it, troubles are coming. Oh, and I say, oh, boy, Katie, bar the door. Here comes so-and-so. And I had no idea what that meant. 
is just an expression that my grandmother used and my grandfather used, and I picked it up, and I use it a lot. It actually, that comes from a Scottish poem called The King's Tragedy. And the line in the poem is, Catherine, keep the door. And that was uh, was kind of morphed into Katie, bar the door. Gotcha. How about that? You know I one that, know I, that you know one I like. Yeah. Are you are you big into like the Appalachia speak? Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Psygoglin. What is psygoglin? Psygoglin means it's slanted. Oh so yes, I saw psygoglin yeah. over there. Yeah, when we uh, when I was living in Charleston, there was a house. Um, kind of, we lived on a corner, um, Calhoun Street, and then the, the the street that went by our house. There was a house there that was absolutely psygoggling. Psy- <laughs> I was surprised that thing was still standing, man. That thing psygoggling on the hill. Exactly. There. <laughs> but what about what about things like yonder? I, I'm sorry, but howdy, howdy, duty, buckaroony. Have you ever wondered, like, what is the origin of the word howdy? That one I want to take a stab at. Okay. That, how do you do? Howdy. It's basically how do you do? Uh, how do ye? Yeah, uh, it comes from how I do you? Right it comes from how do you? Howdy, how do you? But also, like when we say goodbye, what does that mean? The w- good, the, 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 the sweet by and by. I don't know. No, God be with you, and we shortened that to goodbye. Ah, how about that? I didn't, uh, you know, things like that. You know, so. I think we should bring back Godspeed. Godspeed. Yeah, exactly. When somebody Godspeed, young man. <laughs> I'm going to start saying that. I'm going to start saying that. But uh, just a a lot of things that we use all the time, um, we don't even understand. Like the word Felix. You know Felix the cat? Do you know what the word Felix means? I do not, but I love Felix the cat. Lucky. Hey. Felix means lucky. Is that a German word? It's Latin. Latin, okay. Latin words for, for lucky. And since the cartoon character Felix the cat was black, the name was actually ironic. So it was the lucky black cat. Ah, yeah. Right. yeah. There you go. So how do ye goodbye over yonder? There you go. So lots of things we just, you know, we don't even take for granted. We, we do take them for granted completely. Um, things like, well, like um, Mad Men. You remember that show Mad Men? Yeah. Do you know the word? You know what mad stood for? I do not. Madison Avenue. Ah, Madison it Avenue. wasn't because they were insane. Exactly. Or, ah. Exactly. It was because they all worked on Madison Avenue. I mean, just so many things. What other words do you, you guys uh, um, use a, a lot? Um, Charlie, the Air Force song goes, off we go into the wild blue over there or over yonder. The wild blue, yeah. And somebody says, what about I reckon? Now, I think I reckon comes from the word recollect. Which and you know Or you, I remember. Well yeah, and you always think of reckon as a very southern term. Yeah. But I have heard people, you know, I mean reckoning, uh, and it's something that I've actually heard used in mathematics before. I think I would even say with like Isaac Newton and some of his like calculus stuff. And I yeah. I, I can't remember exactly where, but I remember reading a math textbook and being like, why are they saying reckon in here? Well the word quick do you know what the word quick means? No. It means alive. 
the quick and the dead. Oh, like from from the Bible, the quick and the dead, the alive and the dead. And when you hit some, and when you cut your quick of your fingernail, you feel alive. Why? What? <laughs> You're in a lot of pain, but you feel alive. Uh, let's see. Uh, somebody said dead as a doornail. Uh, a doornail. They want to know the um, the meaning of that word. Let's see. It do 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 do. Let's see. Dead as a doornail, not dev as a doornail, but what is the origin of it? It emphasizes uh, the idiom William Langland called, anyway, I don't know. That's kind of a strange thing. I have to take a look. It's, it's a very long, drawn-out explanation of that. But when we get back, Ronna McDaniel out at the RNC, or is she? It's the Charlie James Show. News Talk 98.9 WORD. We're over yonder. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.